Straw Hut Media. Have you ever wondered if you might be a little bit psychic? And no, not like Daphne Moon from Frasier. I must confess, I'm a bit psychic. What does it mean to have psychic intuition or psychic abilities? You might be able to communicate with the spirits of the past or bring messages from dead relatives to their living family members. Maybe you can even manifest your predictions into existence. Whatever it might be, there's both a huge market for those desiring to get more in touch with their psychic abilities and those who are working as mediums. Meet James Van Prague, fellow Straw Hut Media podcast host and gay psychic medium who's been using his gifts for more than 40 years to help people not only communicate with those on the other side, but also to process and deal with their emotions. Sometimes we hold on to negativity like fear, anger, judgment, or jealousy, and we can get lost within our own worlds. Lucky for us, there's spiritual leaders like James to lead us along a path toward not just bettering ourselves, but also helping us talk to ghosts. Who hasn't wanted Casper in their life? I see you, Devin Sawa. You can be my friendly ghost. I'm Levi Chambers, and from Straw Hut Media, this is LGBTQ Plus You. They're gone. What happened? They must have. They must have crossed over. Yes, again, bone bag! <laughs> So my name is James, and I'm a spiritual medium. I'm someone who's been able to um, contact the spirit world for the past 40 years, probably the very first in America to, uh, to be on television as a medium, and really bring it into the, the psyche of the public knowledge. And I've written over 14 New York Times bestsellers. I have an online, um, a very, very successful online internet school called the JVB School of Mystical Arts, where I teach healing, uh, mediumship, psychic, intuitive work, intuitive development, a self-esteem work, a self-empowerment, things like that. And um, what else am I doing? And then I do podcasts. There you go. James may be a spiritual medium, but can anyone do what he does? You know, mediums are born that way. I mean, there's some people that believe medium. You can develop your mediumship, but I think that really to the level that I'm at, it's almost like I often say, um, like I... Um, concert pianist is born with the ability to play piano, but a little more ability. So as a medium, uh, born that way, just born that way. And kids, as you know, are very open from the, from the, really when they come out of the womb to probably about seven years of age. They're very open and honest. I'll tell you everything going on. And I think kids are very psychic. They see things. They see energy. They just come from the other side of life, that other realm. So to them, they just describe things from that side. So maybe it isn't Maybelline. And for James, even at a young age, he couldn't help but speak out on feelings he had, even if he didn't know how they came to him. I remember my first grade class, I went to my teacher, I was six years old, and I walked right up to her and I said, your son is him hit by a car, but he's, got, he's okay. And she said, go back to your seat. I said, okay. And it was a parochial school, so you can imagine. I didn't have a nun, thank God, because we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, probably. And several, several minutes later, the principal came in and took this lady out of the room, the lady eventually came back in. She called me to her desk, and she said, how did you know that? I said, huh? She said, my son was playing soccer, and the ball went to the street, and a car hit him, but he's okay, just broke his leg. And I started crying because I thought I created that to happen because I had that thought. And, and this lady, in her wisdom, said, "Whatever you can, how do you say to a six-year-old, but maybe one day you'll use that to help people. So, okay, James has been a medium for 40 years now, but after growing out of his intuition as a kid, did he take it seriously as an adult? I was through that process when I moved from uh, New York to Los Angeles actually, and uh, went through temporary, many, many temporary jobs. I met a lady at the William Morris Agency. 
a talent agency, and she said, you want to see a medium? And I said, what's that? And she said, someone talks to dead people. And I was probably 22, and I said, no, I don't believe in that sort of thing. And I didn't know what my belief system was. I just wasn't sure. But I, I went to see him with her to humor her. And the first thing he said was, you're a medium yourself. In two years' time, the spirit people are going to use you. And I thought that I was a joke. I was from New York, cynical New Yorker, so I thought, okay, California, land of fruit and nuts, and I found it. Then what was his true calling to the profession? And it was probably two weeks after that, I started seeing colors around people like he did as a child and, and new things. And I was like, wow, I remember this as a kid. And then years went by, and I was they got a temporary job at Paramount Studios, and I was working in the contract department, and it was at one o'clock, there's a girl came in after lunch, and, she, and I saw a dead woman behind, it was her grandmother. And I said, and I've never done this before. So I said, excuse me, and I'm great, he would go, would you mind if I ask you a question? Uh, this lady behind you from Idaho, Yellow House, White Shutters, and she said, your grandmother, and you did a needlepoint thing together? And she started freaking, she goes, that's my grandmama. She promised she'd come saying she's okay when she died, and I used to visit her in a house in Idaho every summer, that was her house, and she told me how to do needlepoints, and we made, did a footstool cover together. So I freaked out, ran out of Paramount, ran out of my apartment, not knowing what was going to happen to me because I thought, you know, I can't go around the world like this. People think I'm crazy. What am I going to do with my life, my career? What's going to happen? So I didn't know what to do. So I called that original medium, that man, Brian Hurst, and I told him my, my plight. And he said, James, don't you remember the prediction the spirit world made? Then two years' time, you're going to be uh, a messenger of the spirit world. And I said, yeah, I remember that. And he said, James, that was two years ago today. So from that moment on, I haven't stopped. Now that we've got to know James a little bit, maybe you're wondering, how might his sexuality play a role in his work as a medium? So I, I believe that mediumship, uh, which everything, everything's energy, and the creative energy. And, and I do find, personally, that I've, I, I mean, there are many, many mediums, so I can't just generalize, but a lot of mediums that I know are all gay or lesbian. I, that's just... I don't know, it's a, it's a sensitivity type of thing, perhaps. I don't like to, you know, I like to put things in boxes. But from my experience, um, most of all my friends, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are gay and they're, they're um, mediums. But I think it has to do with the creativity, the sensitivity. And um, I think it has a lot to do with that for sure. When your job is to study and speak with souls, both living and dead, you'll tend to start seeing people as beautiful parts of humanity. Not always easily defined, but always worth celebrating. I, I identify myself as human. How is that? Um, I, I, this is really interesting because I went to Brazil years ago and I talked about, let's go to some gay bars because, you know, I'm, yes. But they said, well, you know, in Brazil, they don't really talk about the gays. Why? Like, bisexual. Everyone's bisexual. And I'm like, I kind of like that. That felt real. But yes, and as a community, yes, definitely a gay community would be the ones I definitely feel like for sure. Even though James identifies as a gay man, you might be surprised that even after he came out, he decided to marry a woman. Hear about that after the break. I don't think so. sexuality is so easy as it, you know, they think it is. I don't think so. I think we are in some ways bisexual, all of us. So I was born with the, I guess you'd say, the inclination for men. I, I found them very excited as a kid. Um, Wild Wild West was my favorite. And... Um, I, I used to love looking at guys, it was great. But then in college, in college a girl came, I was working on a musical theater. I was a stage manager and I'd never met this girl before. She came out on stage, first time I've seen her. And I said to myself, oh, I'm gonna marry her one day. And I never had any reason to think that. 
And I, but before my psychic stuff even started, I said, we marry her one day. So we went out for about a year. And then I started getting more involved with men. I came out in New York and went to bathhouses and things like that and bars. And, and I felt at home. I felt natural. And I liked it because it could relate to what a, a man. I could relate to what they like. They like, you know, what, what I like. I still had this feeling for this lady, this woman, Holly. I still felt for her. And I was working then. God, it was 12 years since we'd broken up. But I'd always think of her. And I was then starting into the, the mediumship, and I was in a development class, or a circle, they call them. And every development circle, she would pop in that thought of her. And at one, probably a year into it, I, I looked at the spirit world and said, listen, why am I always thinking of her? If it's meant to be, then I'm supposed to talk to her. Please have her call me. The next morning, 6 a.m., she was in the East Coast, I was in the West Coast. The phone rings, and it's Holly. She goes, do you remember me? And it's like, Holly. She goes, yes. And my heart went crazy. So what led them to tying the knot? And she said, I'm um, you know, living in the East Coast. I'm a born-again Christian. I was just wondering how you were, so I got your number through your father. Well, to make a long story short, um, I was working in a Paramount, and she wanted to get out of the whole, she was a born-again Christian thing, wanted to get out of that. And she came out to visit me, and the first thing I said to her at the airport was, we can't have sex. Now, why would I say that? But we found each other so connected on a heart level and a soul level. And, and she also said, you're not, I said, I'm a medium. She goes, well, I am too, but I do it a different way. To make a long story short, it was something we had to complete. I mean, seriously. So we were married. We did. We lived together for a while. We got married. I was always asking spirits, "Is the right thing to do? Give me signs." First sign they said was, "Um, okay, you're going to use Goldie Hawn's house to get married," which we did. A client of mine gave me her castle in the south of France for a honeymoon. Uh, everything was paid for. I mean, it was hello. So, and I felt we had to get married. I had to. I had to complete that in this lifetime with her. Okay, and then after a while, we married probably two or three years, and I felt it wasn't fair to her because I still wanted to be with men, emotionally with her, but physically with men. She was cool with that, but I wasn't because I got to the point that I'm not giving her my whole self. So that's when I said, no, it's not fair to you. And I stopped that, and then I um, exclusively work with men. I appreciate women, but I'm, I'm more physically attracted to men. That's how to say. So I've had several boyfriends um, who died of AIDS, of course. I've had... Um, a husband, 23 years. We're just starting to go through divorce, so that's interesting. Another growth period. And um, I think, you know, whoever you love, is love is love is love. For James, as it can be for many of us, love is love is love. Sometimes not even a psychic can predict why they're going to make a big life choice or go through major life changes. All that can be known is it has to happen because the alternative means living an inauthentic existence. Well, you know, the coming out story thing, I, I, you know, for me personally, when, when my days and back in the 80s and 90, early 90s, late 80s, that's 86. In those days, being gay was still that you know, stigma attached to it. I knew that I had to marry this girl, Holly, but I also knew and she knew that I, I really liked men, that I really was with men. And it was very funny because um, people were at this wedding and it's in the backyard of this beautiful house. And they're all saying, why is he getting married? He's gay. <laughs> There were hairdressers and the florists. Were in the it was really funny. But it's just something I had to do on a soul level. I just had to do it. And I didn't know. I, it just felt it just felt like love. It just felt right. And um, and the same thing with Brian. Same thing. It felt love. And, you know, you got to honor that. Whatever that is, got to honor that. So that's what I did. And um, I, I, I and it's still, yeah, it came up. But I think people just got to be there themselves. I think, again, that goes back to the trans community as well. You just got to express who you are, no matter what. And again, what other people think of you is none of your business. You got to live your life, not someone else's life. Now that James is living authentically as a gay man, what's his dream for how the world views the LGBTQ plus community? 
I think that as I get older, I would like to see the world. And listen, it's just what I'm dreaming. I would like to see us to look at each other and that we're all just people, we're all just souls. And whether you're, you're transgender, whether you're gay, whether you're straight, whether you're whatever you are, you're a soul. And I would love to get to that point. I, I really, really would. Um, yeah, I really, really would. So I don't differentiate necessarily in the spiritual work with, with the LGBT community, except for AIDS, when it was the AIDS, that, that whole horrific thing happened. This is a really interesting insight. I don't know if it's true or not, but this is what I heard from several of the readings that I did, that some of these souls chose that, chose that, that condition in order to alleviate the negative karma of the earth. And to me, that sounded a little very interesting because we do have a lot of negative karma here, obviously. And there are certain circumstances or disease, they said, certain cancers. Someone said some parts of AIDS, some types of AIDS, and some types of um, other types of physical things that will help to alleviate. So it's got to be an advanced soul that takes our condition on. But I, I, I just think... Mm, I just think that the LGBT community is getting a lot more attention now, which I cannot, I, I'm thrilled. My favorite show is Pose. And, um, you know, I grew up with transgender people, so great. I, I love that it's coming out to this. I, I'm so happy that that people even realize that they're being, you know, except for who they are, for goodness sake. We're all the same. I'm sure this entire time you've been wondering, has James ever predicted anyone coming out? Or maybe he sensed someone's true orientation without them being aware of it. As it happens, a certain transgender celebrity trusted him first with his coming out. When Cher's daughter, now son, uh, Chaz, was Chaz at the time, I did a TV show called Beyond, and uh, we taped at her house at West Hollywood, she's an apartment in West Hollywood, and I went, nice taping, Sonny came through, and at the end she said, James, can I speak to you privately? And I said, sure. And went to a separate room, and she said, listen, I have to talk to you. I, I, I think I'm really a man. I'm a, a woman, but I'm a man, a man body. And I said, really? Of course, I'm, I almost fell on the floor. But I was like, okay. And she goes, um, I said, have you told anybody? She goes, uh-uh. I said, have you talked to your mother yet about this? She goes, no, you're the first person I've spoken to. So, of course, I said, well, I, you may want to talk to your mom a little bit about it. And, I, you know, i got to give it off to her because I was one of the first people we know in the public eye. And Cher did a great job as far as accepting. It was hard for her at the beginning, but she accepts it. And, and, and so is the whole family. And um, I've, I used to counsel some um, people who felt that way. This is a long time ago, who felt they were in the wrong body. And I used to say, well, let's explore that and maybe talk to some people who've been through that. So that was years ago. But, you know, now I think it's so great that kid, young kids are recognizing it, you know. It's changed. It's good. As a psychic who views and experiences life and communication with souls, James's understanding of the trans experience might be a little more ethereal than we've heard from others. My belief is that as souls, you know, we come back on this earth and this is our schoolroom, and we take on all different lessons and conditions. And I think that one of those lessons would be taking on a body like that, the trans, feeling I'm not in the right body. And what's this, what's this going to do? Not only for them, but the people that are around them. How's it going to teach them? So I think the number one thing that people with that need to the trans community first has to have a relationship with themselves. They really first have to honor and love who they are. And what other people think of them is none of their business. They've got to get to that point of pure love because love is the greatest healing force there is. So they have to first do that. However they can do that, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through friendships, whether it's through empowering themselves in some way, that's number one. Number two, get a support system together who can help you. A good friend of mine right now has a daughter who decided that she feels like she's a male. And I said to the mother, 
well, what are you going to do? She goes, I want her to identify whoever she is. That's where I want her to express herself. And I said, you realize what you know, kind of mother you are? You're incredible. She goes, I have no choice. She needs to express herself how she is. And that's what I'd love to see that happen. So I, I think now it's much healthier for trans that they're not, it's not a stigma attached to it, that it's something which just is. And I think it's so much more acceptable. But I think the number one thing is self-love. Of course, that's true for everybody, but especially in that because it's a hard, it's a little hard, but they got to have that strong uh, sense of power within themselves. And then the support system. That's what I think the two most important things to look at. Maybe there truly is a spiritual explanation for why any of us are who we are. For most of us, though, we probably won't learn that information until we're at the end of the road. But while we are souls living on this earth, it's important to remember that those negative feelings of hate, fear, or judgment should have no place in our bodies. And I think people judge because judgment is fear-based. You know, to me, there's only fear or love. And, and life is a series of choices, and the choices are based upon either fear or love. And fear is false ego appearing real, and love is our natural state of the soul. But also the reason people judge, I, I believe, that people judge others because they want to feel in control. They want to feel better than. So if I put that person down in some way, I'll feel more in control and better. And I think that's really what judgment is about. And it's an illusion. It's, it's a fear-based uh, uh, construct, and that's too bad that we have that. Luckily, he was even able to have a moment of forgiveness from an important person in his life who, before she read his book, refused to see him for who he was. So um, I was uh, married for 23 years, uh, my husband Brian, and I wrote many books. And she, his mother from uh, the Dakotas, her and her husband, and very Catholic, very conservative. And we couldn't even really acknowledge a relationship in front of them, which was kind of sad. We couldn't hug each other. And she, But she'd read all my books. And one year she read a book I wrote called Unfinished Business. And that book was about having no should-haves, would-haves, or could-haves in life. And one of the stories in there was about a woman who had a son who was um, had AIDS, and she disowned him. And after he died, she felt very, very bad about it, and she tried helping the community and so forth. Well, I don't know if it's that story exactly, but um, Burl, her, her mother-in-law, name would be. And um, my birthday's in August. She wrote me a birthday card and wrote me a thank you. She said, thank you very much for writing Unfinished Business. I have to rethink the way I think about things and people. And then she died a month later. And she came back and she said, I want to thank you, James, because if I didn't have that awareness at that time, I wouldn't have ended up so quickly in the level that I'm at. And a word to the wise, if you practice or are putting hate into the universe, be careful, because what goes around just might come back around. I've had a lot of readings. You imagine 40 years of many readings, hundreds of thousands. And I've had a, many, many, whereas I'd say the uh, the child was gay, the parent passed over, and they didn't, they didn't like, didn't love them, or they, didn't, they disowned them. And one of the first things they would say when they come back is, I was so wrong, I was so wrong. Please, forgive. can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Now, this is something interesting, too, I want to share with your audience, that I believe as souls, what you give out, you get back. So if you go through life and you have a certain group of people that you hate, dislike, or bad to, whether it's trans people, gay people, black people, Hispanics, whatever it might be, you can rest assured that you're going to come back and like that person. You're going to come back in that group because you've got to learn from both sides, the good and the bad. And it's, that's really what it's about. It's a wholeness of being. So you've got, to, you've got to be very responsible and mindful for our thoughts, our actions, and our words. And it's really the most important thing we have to share with people. Some of you might now be asking yourself, am I psychic? 
Luckily, there's some tips and tricks to start honing your own inherent psychic abilities. Basic stuff you can do to really develop that muscle of psychic ability is by intuiting. Intuition is the, is the language of the soul. That's what it means, intuition. So if you, um, you know, we do it all the time. You think of someone, the phone rings, it's that person. That's intuition. LA is a great one where you try to intuit was a parking space. That is a great one. So you can intuit, like, let's say you get a piece of mail, a, a, an invoice, which is different each month. Try to intuit how much it's going to be. If a business meeting with somebody, try to intuit what the people are going to be like. You've never met them before. What they're going to be personality-wise. What are they going to be wearing? What does the room look like that you're going to have the meeting in? So you can do it all the time. Um, elevator banks. Which elevator is going to come first? Different ways every single day you can use your intuition. And the more you use it, you get this sense, this feeling. And the more you go with that, the more right you'll be. And it'll help all of your choices in life. Because life is a series of choices. Also, totally no big deal. But he created a very successful TV show you probably love. I also created a show. You know, this is something you might not know. I created the show Ghost Whisper. Remember Ghost Whisper with Jennifer Love Hewitt? I created that show. That was my show. Yeah. Eric Matthews. And you are? Jennifer Love Pfefferman. <laughs> Such a beautiful name. Can I call you Pfefferman? Do yourself a favor and find James on social. Because, you know, he's psychic. And if you don't find him, he just might find you. Yes, yes. I'm so, I'm, I'm so social. Um, I'm, <laughs> I have a Facebook page. I've been several. But I have a, a Facebook page of 500 people. 500,000. I'm sorry, 500,000. And that's the professional one that people should use. I also have a website, which is all my information. All the events I'm going to be at. I do a lot of events. I do a lot of benefits. I do readings for people at these benefits. Um, it's uh, www.vanprog.com. My last name, which is V-A-N-P-R-A-A-G-H. I'm also on Instagram and um, Twitter, and there I am. And I look like Tom Selleck, but not as older as Tom, but look like Tom Selleck. It's just that people, the mustache, I'll recognize it. Okay, so maybe you weren't born as a medium, or you've never felt you had a psychic bone in your body. But it doesn't change the fact that regardless of what you believe, each and every one of us has an authenticity that has never come before and will never come after. We are all individually, truly unique. Some might call that a soul. You might call it something else. Whatever you call it, know that your uniqueness is key to this universe functioning. If you feel different, that's just because being different is actually the most normal thing there is. Maybe you haven't explored the soul James would look to get in touch with if he were giving you a reading. And if you haven't, maybe it's time you did yourself the favor of finding out just how important you are to this world. It might not seem like it, but without you, this world would be a lot different. You matter. Your soul matters. Your whatever it is you believe in, but just lead from a place of love matters. I don't think it takes a psychic to remind you of that. LGBTQ Plus U is brought to you by Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts and be sure to leave us a review. If you'd like to check out more of our great shows, give us a look at strawhutmedia.com. The show can be found all across social media at LGBT, at LGBTQ, and at Pride. And you can find me on social at Levi Chambers or at Gaiety. Our producers are Will Sterling and Ryan Tillotson. Copywritten, engineered, and edited by Will Sterling. Those fellas can be found at Will Sterling underscore and at Ryan Tillotson. We'll see you next week.